Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Mari Smith, and we're going to explore the world of Facebook marketing and all the changes and where everything is going. And I just want to let you know, as of this recording, we're just getting back from social media marketing world where thousands upon thousands of marketers were trying to wrap their head around this changing world of Facebook in particular. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is kind of a free flow dialogue about how Facebook is changing, where Facebook is headed, and how we as marketers really need to rethink so much of what we've been doing with so much of our Facebook marketing. By the way, if you want to reach me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Now let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by the one and only Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that not only lets you bookmark the articles you want to read, but mark your progress in them so that you can come back and read them from where you left off later. Really? Is this, yeah. uh, is this desktop or mobile? It is desktop and mobile. It's for Chrome and for Android. How does it work? So what you do, it, by the way, it's called Marktacle, and you can find it at marktacle.com, M-A-R-K-T-I-C-L-E, and it comes from adding together the words mark and mar- or marker yeah. uh, and article, and it's really cool. All you need to do is you go to the article that you want to read, and then you highlight where you're leaving off, and then once you have this uh, extension installed, you literally hit the, the, um, the letter M, and it then marks that with highlighter. It's like the equivalent of a folded it, yeah. page on a book almost, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. That. It's almost like dropping a, a like almost like a cross between marking a book with highlighter and dropping like a post-it note or dog earing it. Oh, interesting. So you can use it if you want as a highlighter, not just as a place where you left off. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. And does it stay with the article as long as you have the plugin installed? So when you come it back, does. you come back to the mm-hmm. article, you can kind of see what sections you marked up. Yeah, exactly. In in that way, uh, Kindle readers will be familiar with that because uh, it works kind of like where you're reading through a Kindle and you can see uh, where you've highlighted something previously. And you can even add notes to your can marks. Can you see where you other people have highlighted as well or no? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily something you can do, but I know that you can share the things that you've marked on an article with someone else. Wow, that could be really cool if you wanted to send someone an article and you wanted them to reference certain areas in the article, 
that would be really, really cool. Yeah, totally. Like I could see you saying, hey, I just read this awesome article on this site. Uh, I marked it up for you. Here you go. And then I've, I've made note of where you want to particularly pay attention to. Very cool. So it's called Mark Tickle. Yes. <laughs> Mark Tickle. That's one of those yes. words that's kind of a tongue twister. Where do we find <laughs> out more about it again? It's at marktickle.com, M-A-R-K-T-I-C-L-E.com. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for bringing us that brand new discovery. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's now transition over to this week's interview with Mari Smith. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm excited to be joined by the one and only Mari Smith, the world's leading Facebook marketing expert. She co-authored the Facebook Marketing an Hour a Day and is author of the new Relationship Marketing. Mari, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Super excited to have you back. Uh, today, Mari and I are going to focus on Facebook marketing, the future of Facebook, and why it's time for us marketers who are active on Facebook to possibly consider rethinking how we use Facebook. So um, as of this recording, Mari and I just got back from social media marketing world. And one of the big things that a lot of people have been talking about is the Facebook algorithm. So um, why don't you talk about at a super high level what the algorithm is and kind of what we as marketers need to know about the algorithm? Okay, sure. I think most people know, but maybe not. It's basically the algorithm, the newsfeed algorithm is a complex system of what I call basically pre-filtering content so that users never really know exactly what they'll see in their newsfeed. It almost like keeps us guessing, Mike, you know, every time you open your app, you're like, "Ooh, I wonder what I'll see. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be quite relevant to you. They're trained. Uh, there's actually 100,000 weights that goes into this algorithm. It's wow. amazing. We know some of them, but you know what I mean? We know maybe half a dozen of them. Uh, that Facebook favors stories from your friends. It's definitely favoring okay, wait, hold, video hold content. On, hold on one mm -hmm. quick question. Mm -hmm. Let me back up and ask, why yeah. Why does the algorithm exist in the first place? It's about advertising. Is it's it really? It's in a chronological feed. Okay. And you just were only following a few people, like on Twitter, right? And it's basically, you could you could just see everything that your friends were sharing. But then with the invention of pages, business pages in 2008, and then, you know, when the algorithms came out and it kept making it non-chronological, went a lot of pushback from users. But the idea is that 
you could actually have as many as 5,000 friends. You get an unlimited number of followers. And then you can follow, gosh, I forget the number now. I want to say it's like 5,000 pages. So that's a lot of content. So in any given day, you might be able to see, every time you log on, you might be able to see as many as 15,000 stories, believe it or not, aggregate. Wow. So Facebook narrows that down to about 1,500, and then I'm down to about 300, and out of those 300 narrowed down choices, then, depending on how often you log on, which uh, is about 14 times a day, believe it or not, 14 times a day, for someone like me, 14 times an hour, haha, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> an average of 50, five zero minutes a day, uh, and uh, cumulative and 14 times a day, it's a massive captive audience, and honestly, I watch my own brain do this, Mike, I'm like, I will find myself kind of mindlessly surfing my news feed, and I love, I'm a people person anyway, I love connecting and, you know, and finding out what people are up to, and I love the personal stories, and just keeping up to date with what my friends and extended community are doing. And then obviously I see periodically every third post or so uh, will be an advertisement. And the better the targeted ad, then the more likely I am to respond. So, so you know, I did the math. I pulled out my calculator while you were talking. And <laughs> if, it's 50, if, if it's 50 minutes a day on average and 14 <laughs> visits, that's about four minutes a visit. There or, you go. Or three and a half visit minutes or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think to myself, here's how I think about the algorithm. If Facebook knows I'm only going to be on for about three to four minutes, it's only going to be showing me stuff ideally that it thinks that I'm personally interested in. And I like to hearken to Google search, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. But when you go to Google search and you type in a phrase, Google's going to try to lift up the results that it believes you're going to be most interested in based on mm-hmm. based on an algorithm. And the idea is if the stuff you click on is not valuable, then you're going to say, well, Google search isn't for me. And you're going to go use some other tool. And I think that while Facebook is not about search, it is about trying to show you things that it believes you're interested in so that you have a good user experience and thus you come back 14 times a day. So I believe it's really all about bringing people back. And I also think it's also about protecting people from marketers because I think so many marketers are putting junk out there that says buy my product do this do that organically there's a reason it's not being seen because consumers they don't want that so I think the algorithm is designed to create the best possible user experience for uh, people and then to squeeze some ads in there I'm curious what your thoughts are on that okay I mean I'm right there with you Mike I definitely do agree up to a certain point you're right about wanting to entice the users back and, and I know we're going to get into talking about messenger and whatnot in the camera but everything that Facebook is doing is having this fine balance between wooing and wowing and attracting the user base consistently back to that app to be excited there's a new feature there's uh you never know what what you're going to see in the feed or is a way to keep up with friends and in messenger and in groups and so on and and so then so long as the users are kept happy and continue to come back that is a massive amount of potential to offer up to advertisers plus gathering all of that intellectual you know data on on people uh, the users for instance you know how you can put in your feeling like you're you in fact there's a whole range of things you can do now right you're celebrating this or you're watching this movie or wherever it's like the more information that we as users share with facebook then the more able they are to do this fine dance between keeping the users happy and keeping the advertisers happy and um yeah 
What do we need to know? I know that um, you and I were talking before we recorded about some of the things that Facebook has tweaked recently. For example, one of them is watching longer videos. What, what do marketers need to know um, specifically about the newsfeed, if, if anything, uh, to increase the likelihood that they might see have more of their content seen in the newsfeed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, videos for sure. Now, the reason for going for, quote, longer videos, and there was so much speculation when that just first came out. It was just, just not that long ago. And um, from what I could discover, it's really 90 seconds or more. Um, for live, though, for if you're doing a live broadcast, you want to be five minutes or more. And this is for building up to be able to insert mid-roll ads. Facebook won't do pre-roll, so they keep saying they won't do pre-roll, but mid-roll ads... Uh, is going to break in and run for about 20 seconds. At the moment, I mean, it's very, very new. It's only been totally in beta, being experimented. You have to have at least 2,000 followers on your profile or your page. Uh, You have to have 300 concurrent viewers, and you have to also sign up for it. You know, And if you want to, it's just the same as how you monetize uh, YouTube videos. But my point is that going forward, marketers would do well to to focus, you know, on slightly longer videos, but not, I mean, I know you do your hourly show every week on Fridays, which is great. Um, But for most, you know, marketers might not have that long and then they can do shorter videos. Uh, Another thing too is what's called real-time signals. So Facebook's looking at at all these weights or signals and points and they're thinking, okay, the algorithms are going, well, is this content like racing around with all these likes, comments, shares and getting this uh, activity because it's relevant, it's timely, it's newsworthy, uh, if so, great. The algorithms are, will give this a bit more visibility. Uh, if not, then they train, they've actually trained, recently trained the algorithms. They actually, what they did is they categorized pages to identify whether they were, they were trying to game the system, right? And one, one way that uh, pages have been trying to game the system is asking for likes, comments, and shares. You've probably seen that a lot yourself, you know, right. where they're like, oh, hey, please like this or please comment or comment to win this or, or share if you like that, but like if you like this. And they're, they're just kind of gamey. And so Facebook trained the algorithms to identify posts that are not like that and give them more visibility in the news feed. Um, yeah, and so what's happening is Facebook's actually running out of ad space in the main uh, newsfeed inventory on mobile predominantly, right? Because 90% of users are looking at mobile. And I was just funny, just before our interview here, I, I opened up my you know, mobile app and I'm like, exactly how many stories can you see? Honestly, Mike, it blows me away. I see maybe one to one and a half stories. In fact, that the top of my feed was a post from Mike's uh, from Mike from Mark Zuckerberg because I, I have him on C first. I understand and why he, you confuse the two of us. <laughs> right? Yeah, Mike, Mark. <laughs> uh, well, I have him on C first, and it's like he was showing off that new messenger camera. I took up my whole screen. I had one story on my mobile news feed. Right. Hmm. So. It's like, um, oh, one other part is very relevant to this, Mike, and, and I've seen studies about this, which is just fascinating, that over the last, I want to say probably like three years, four years, but it's just been increasingly, very slightly increasingly over the years, is that users are sharing less. They're actually doing fewer status updates. And this is why Facebook is moving more into that camera mode. It's easier to just snap a quick picture, put a sticker on it, put a filter on it. Don't take time to type out what you're doing. Just use your camera. And it's very obviously Snapchat-esque, right? (laughs) Interesting. So um, 
Do you believe that the days of organic reach are coming to an end? I mean, because all the data that I've seen shows that while fan growth is increasing, um, you know, exposure in the newsfeed is going down, traffic is going down. And I'm just curious, you mentioned earlier that there's a, you know, they're kind of capping out the amount of advertising space that's available in the newsfeed. Do you think we'll get to a point where... Um, it's really, really hard for pages to get any exposure at all in the newsfeed. And maybe we're shifting more towards engaging those that come to our page and more community development kind of stuff. Well, it's just a complex question. And um, I, I try to give you as simple an answer as possible. First of all, let me put into the space that just yesterday I saw uh, one of my own Facebook fans had posted a screenshot that Facebook's experimenting with creating groups by pages. So soon your page will be able to create a group and be an admin and interacting groups as the page. That's been a long awaited feature. And so you're right to the point of, you know, engaging people in, in other communities other than the page, but the page is always going to have its place in your marketing plan because of SEO and because of the ads. And also some younger demographics, it's like if they can't find you on Facebook, it's like you don't even exist. So you've got to have a presence. Oh, yeah. Uh, up, I'm just talking about from an organic perspective. I think I just don't know whether um, without pain we're going to get a lot of exposure in the newsfeed anymore. And it's intriguing yeah. that we're going to have groups for pages. Yeah. Uh, some of our staff has cited actual ads inside of Facebook groups. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's coming. Mm -hmm. well, I think there'll also be a paid level of groups at some point. I don't, not, don't know that for certain. I've heard rumors. Uh, but back to just to, to, to kind of um, finish the thought on the organic, I totally agree with you. I, I saw, I saw. well, here's the thing. I saw studies, well, predictions, I mean, several years ago, back even like 2013, maybe 14, uh, saying that predicting that Facebook organic reach would eventually get to zero. I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I think there will always be pages like yours, like mine, that get some organic reach because we have raving followers. We have people that actually have notifications turned on. They'll have bookmarks. Our pages are the, some of the first they go to each day that they log on. And so um, actually I just wrote an article uh, the other week for Social Media Examiner when I, I call this Mari Method where I encourage you to share highly shareable posts, right? You, your, your content should be highly shareable, which means it's relevant to your audience. They love it. It's newsworthy. It's entertaining. It's educational, whatever the case may be. And then you don't always – put budget behind it. Now I know depends or different different strategies for different pages. But the way that you do is you wait maybe one to 24 hours, you get some organic reach, few uh, likes, comments, shares, whatever you can get there. And then you'll put a little budget behind it. If you Whatever total you might have your ad budget to amplify the reach of that post, you know, let's say it's 300 bucks. And then you would take that that amount and you kind of split it up. You don't just go, hey, Facebook, here's all $300. I'm putting it on the boost button and all I'm going to do is reach people who've liked my page. The, uh, there's a whole other set of algorithms. There's advertising algorithms and it's beyond the scope of our talk today, I know, but when advertisers go in there and they hit that boost button relentlessly and they're just boosting to their fans, they're not going to get anywhere near the ROI on their ads. They've got to be going in and using ads manager and doing some, some testing and segmenting and using custom audiences and 
ideally using the Pexel. I know you have a ton of articles on, on Social Media Examiner going into all of this. But there absolutely is. My point is, back to this Mari Method, as I call the Mari Method in the, the article that I wrote the other week, is that as you drip feed your budget, your organic reach goes up. It's amazing. And like I think you're just saying offline there that in your news feed, you will see content that's you know mixed in from 11 minutes ago to 23 hours ago and uh, similarly with um, boosted content, with paid content, is that because there's no date on it, right, it just has the sponsored label, you can continue to get mileage out of really good content that your audience loves by spacing out the, uh, the budget and getting more organic reach. So we know that there is an increasing amount of people on Facebook, you know, approaching 2 billion. We Mm -hmm. know that there's lots and lots of content being generated by 60 million Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. We know that um, it's getting harder and harder to get reach inside of the newsfeed. And therefore, we have to begin thinking about creative ways to put some money behind some of our content as you recommended. Mm -hmm. But the other part of the thing that I think we need to be doing is looking to the future of what Facebook is planning when it comes to all the various kinds of content. Um, And I know that um, you're familiar because you keep a tab on all these crazy things that are going on with Facebook. Mm -hmm. But if you could kind of tell me where you see Facebook going over the next year, you know, what are the things that, you know, we, we briefly mentioned live video and I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but where is Facebook heading and, um, and what kind of cues can we take from this? Because maybe we ought to track and try some of these new forms of content that Facebook has been working on. Sure. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's the live video and recorded. It's really where they're heading is digital streaming television. And they are going to be lining up with Netflix, YouTube, and Amazon. And as, com- as, a comp- as a competitor, you mean, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a competitor. And it'll take a little bit, probably a good one to three years before we'll really see them on that kind of leaderboard. I have a slide that I often like to include in my talks, and it shows the percentage of the digital downstreaming traffic. In other words, the people watching, you know, streaming video. And, um, you know, Netflix is the top, was about 35%. And then YouTube was about 17%. And then Amazon, Amazon is only 4%. But they doubled between 2015 and 2016. They were 2% 2015, 4% 2016. And I often will say to audiences, before long, we are going to see Facebook on that leaderboard. And you can bet that they are absolutely on a mission to go after the billions and billions of dollars in the television advertising world. And so they are actually uh, investing right now in all manner of licensed original content and what they call episodic content, episodes of three to 30 minutes. They're also capitalizing on um, a kind of a a phenomenon of of binge watching, right? They're hoping that people will get really drawn in and just watch episode after episode because then, you know, again, you've got those eyeballs that are monetizable and the ability to put those. Do you think that's why they have that little video Mm -hmm. button on the bottom of the mobile app? Because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's right there in thumb range, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what Facebook is doing. And I know it's a, Pretty much uh, countrywide in the U.S. I, I was just leading an event right after yours, and we had a kind of a pretty international audience. We were all comparing our phones, and and it seems like it's not international yet. But that little play button is really Facebook calls it a tab. I call it a dedicated video news feed, 
And I love it with the wee bubbles up top where it shows you like who's live right now of the pages or people you follow and or what's really cool because it's a great strategy. It's uh, and or whoever has recently uploaded a video. So it's live plus recorded and you will appear up at the top in those little bubbles, which is very similar to uh, Instagram as well. And then, you know, that that's a whole separate algorithm that is that is managing that feed. I'm just seeing here now I see. Yeah, as I look through this, it's just it's just a mishmash. The, the algorithm has a, quite a ways to go to show you what I think is like really relevant content in that video newsfeed. But yeah, it's basically like Facebook television. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we've got that. And what else is coming? Virtual reality. Talk to me about that, right? Because that's huge and we barely ever talk about that. I know. And it's not an area that I'm super up on. I do know what fascinates me is that secret building eight. And that I know that they are building all manner of tools and gadgets and gadgets and uh, mind reading, mind reading software. Um, it's pretty epic. I mean, I remember Mark Zuckerberg several years ago, I think not long after the reactions button came out, actually, uh, which is not that long ago. But he was talking about a time when Facebook would actually be able to to read your emotions, read your thoughts. And those kinds of things are a bit creepy, right? Because it's like, okay, what um, chips in the brain? Who knows? That's so far-fetched to me. Well, I can uh, I can see how they would be able to do that. If if people allow Facebook to monitor, to, to um to either listen to them or to see them, right? Then uh-huh. they should be able to be able to make some understanding. I mean, because you think about all the crazy tech they own, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they bought Masquerade, right? And they can yeah. make you like appear to be in a 3D world, you know, using your mobile uh-huh. phone. Well, that same and, and think how good it is at at tagging people when you upload a picture, right? So it knows you yeah. from every angle. So. I would imagine it's just a couple steps further to be able to look at a picture and discern someone's state of mind. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Well, actually, what I know that they're using part of that AI, artificial intelligence, they're using it for the visually impaired, believe it or not. I think it's awesome, in fact. I've seen some videos where you'll see someone who's either partially blind or completely blind, and they're able to actually enjoy where it'll be an audible, it'll be reading. There's a woman here in blonde hair. She has a dog. It's like narrating what they're seeing in their feed, and it's all done through AI. It's pretty amazing. So we've got video and with video, we have like television, longer form kind of content and maybe perhaps some of the programming going on right now with Facebook trying to reward longer videos Mm -hmm. isn't just for ad insertions. It could also be for programming people that this is an alternative to YouTube. Um, And then the virtual reality stuff with the whole Oculus, Oculus Rift acquisition, right? I mean, I have only done one VR experience, but I know there's a lot of people going crazy over this thing. Um, I would imagine with virtual reality comes the whole gaming industry as well, you know? And yeah. Oh, oh, you know what we need to talk about on that note is that we were just talking about live. Well, just a couple of days ago, Facebook released to be able to go live on your desktop, right? Uh, right on your profile as well as your page. Now, of course, many of us have been doing that for for quite some time through third parties, but uh, this is through through the native uh, Facebook app or platform, right? Oh, through your browser. Through and one of the things I was reading about that was that they're, they're going after the gaming community. You'd actually, because you can stream your desktop and you can actually be um, streaming your games. And there, there's a whole sub world. I'm not 
really up on that at all. So, well, I, I've we, been saying for a while. I mean, like we've we've had uh, not everybody's had it, but I know it's been about a week or two since it's been out for everyone. I think via Chrome, but the the part that I have not yet seen, and maybe it's because maybe it did happen while I was at Social Media Marketing World. I'm waiting for that desktop sharing functionality to come because the moment you can go live on Facebook and share your desktop, think about the implications here. You don't need to be using any of these webinar software anymore, right? I mean, exactly. I know you can go live into a group from your and share your desktop. And it's just, it's pretty amazing so far. The one thing that we've, all of this tech is shared in common is pretty much video or video like technology. We've got, you know, um, live we've got non-live we've got virtual reality and then we've got messenger too talk to me about that because man you talk about some innovation and instagram too i mean like gosh mari what's your thoughts on what's been happening with instagram over the last six months it seems like feature after feature after feature is coming to instagram between instagram and messenger it's very clear that facebook is on a mission to attract snapchat users to track that demographic and you know i mean generation z or z is basically anyone age 20 and under but 21 and under that is the future you know that generation is the future so these rapid releases of new features are really aimed at attracting that demographic and so um and and another component of it I, i love talking about this is that even though here we are in America, right? But if we keep an eye on what China's WeChat is doing, and China's WeChat absolutely is light years ahead of the Western world. You can't even compare it to a messaging app, actually. Um, it's been called a Swiss army knife, if you want, because it's like, it's everything. It's, it's WhatsApp, Facebook, Skype, Uber, Amazon, Instagram, Venmo, Tinder, you name it. Um, but so even beyond that, I was just, you know, I was sharing something on this uh, New York Times put an amazing video out last year to, to show you a glimpse into what you can do with WeChat. There's hospitals that build out whole appointment booking systems. There's investment services. There's heat maps that show you how crowded a place is uh, if you're going to go to your favorite shopping mall or a tourist you know, destination or something, and you're like, oh, I wonder how busy it is. That's the kind of stuff that Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, eventually WhatsApp, are all like, okay, we want to be WeChat when we grow up <laughs> because you can do everything in there. It's an advertising, advertiser's dream, right? That, that, you know. But uh, I've also heard it from good sources that both Facebook and Instagram, they talk about only being 1% done. And when I say that to audiences around the country and the world, they kind of go, huh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, think how established these apps are already. Imagine the enormity of the feature release, releases that could be coming down or will be coming. You've seen the, the rapid release of all the, the new camera and messenger. And now, you know, today, Facebook stories. And it's really, again, back to your point, I really do agree with you, Mike, about keeping users coming back day after day that they have a positive user experience and they go, this is fun. This is cool. I want to share more. I want to reveal more. I want to connect with my friends more. And, uh, you know, just basically be their favorite app. Well, if we think about Instagram in particular, we've got, you know, about six months ago, Instagram stories came out. And then somewhere along the line, Instagram Live came out, which is disposable, but you can download Mm -hmm. it. And then Mm -hmm. we had taggable, 
I forget what they call it, uh, where you can hover over and tag stuff. I think it's called taggable posts. Like I've seen Nordstrom do it where you can hover over shopping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shoppable tags. That's right. That's what it's called. And then, you know, um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple things on Instagram. And then when you go over to messenger, oh my gosh, I mean like Instagram, um, Facebook messenger day came out, which is kind of like Instagram stories, but privately in groups, you've got 50 person, uh, private group chat. You've got video games on Instagram. You've got bots now an entire bot ecosystem, which can be used for, uh, automated support and sales. I mean, like, honestly, it's kind of mind blowing, Mari, how in the world do you even keep up with this stuff? I have my ways, but it is definitely difficult. And I, and it's interesting because I think that as a marketer, I'm sure that, you know, people that follow your page, for instance, I saw that Eric going, going live with the breaking news of the Facebook stories. And it's like, I'm sure many marketers are like, Oh my gosh, another new thing. Why don't you tell everybody, why don't you tell everybody what that is? Because I don't even totally know that because I think it must have come out today or something. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, and and I saw Mark Zuckerberg, he did a little demo of it. Basically, just like Messenger camera uh, and Instagram, if you swipe, if you, well, if you, you know how you swipe to get a camera, that's how, well, on the Messenger, you just tap the little icon at the bottom middle. But coming in the next day or so, as everybody updates their Facebook app on mobile, if you swipe right, instead of seeing everybody who's your favorites or on chat, you swipe right, you'll see a camera. So now you've got a camera baked into the native Facebook app, uh, not just Messenger. And is, and it the idea, better, is it better than the normal camera that used to be in there? Yeah, it has all the filters and fun things and stickies and masks and So it's just stuff. like just like Messenger then, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much the same functionality. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- this is interesting because now we have we have three different face- Facebook owned properties. We've got Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger, and it sounds like they all have a similar kind of left to right top of the newsfeed circle thing, right? Where you see all these mm-hmm. stories, and um, that is almost a reprogramming to people uh, who use these apps that you don't need to scroll down anymore. Now you can just flip to the left or flip to the right to see all these stories. And didn't you, I think you're the one that told me that Mark Zuckerberg said that someday in the future, everything was going to be video on Facebook. Do you think this is yeah. the beginning stages of kind of getting people used to creating lots of video content in the most simplistic, easy way? It is. It absolutely is. And, and there's just, there's a whole fascinating area. Where did I see this? Oh, yeah. I think I was talking to you about this the other week where TechCrunch wrote an article. It was actually came out last year. They're saying how the information age is over. Welcome to the experience age. And the experience age is about one tap, one click, snap, take a photo, take a video, share a quick story. It might disappear, it might not. And then, hey, friends, this is what I'm doing right now in the moment. And, and yeah, it's just fascinating because it's like everyone thinks Snapchat is about secrecy, but it, it's not. It's like it forces you to not think about accumulating, uh, you know, post a, like a chronological documentation of what you've been up to over your the years of your life or whatever. But it's more about, hey, guys and gals, here's what I'm doing right now. It's an experience thing. And I, it's interesting because I wonder sometimes if 
really Facebook does its own homework and it does really, really deep analysis and discovers what users want? Or does it just keep going after looking at, well, Snapchat's done this, let's copy it. Well, you know. Well, uh, here, we, here's one thing we do know. Mm-hmm. Whenever Facebook comes out with a new, new feature, it rewards early adopters of that feature. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this new thing, Facebook Stories, I can assure you those that create stories are going to get exposure, higher exposure inside the news feed because that's yes. exactly what happened with live video. Do you remember there was a time where we would get a thousand simultaneous people, you know, um, mm-hmm. on live without any hesitation because not as many people were using it. So I think part of, you know, like, and, and I'm going to cue you up here. What should marketers be doing in this world of constant change? I'm going to, I'm going to say my little piece and I'd love you to tell me what your thoughts are. You don't have to react. Just tell me what you think we ought to do, because this is the, 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 the world that we're in right now is one that is continuous innovation. I say that this is the fastest changing industry on the planet. There's no other industry where you could wake up tomorrow and everything you knew is different. And I believe that we as marketers need to be experimenting. We need to be pioneers. We need to be setting the stage, not setting the stage, but blazing trails really, because we have an opportunity now to, um, to just experiment and try out some of these new things and, and get a lot of exposure as a result of it. So my word of encouragement to marketers is don't wait for someone else to figure it out. Go try. Now I want to know what do you recommend? Because you know, a lot of us are in the business of creating content and these things are changing constantly. What do we do about it, Mari? You absolutely, I'm going to quote you a, a little nugget from a Forbes article I was reading not long ago. And, and it, Forbes said, brands that fail to incorporate visuals and videos will be left by the wayside. It's about that human interaction, emotions, integrating the feeling component of what you do, relating to people. That's why the live is really uh, our good friend Scott Monty. He's, he, he's like live is like original television all over again. It's like a rebirth of live television. Back in the day, we never had you know ability to record, and it was always live. And so now here we are. You know, many decades later, and it's it's novel, it's new, but it's it's that aspect of human to human connecting. It's the next best thing to being in person with somebody, and so I, I agree with you in terms of marketers would do well to innovate, uh, not to wait uh, if they can to be early adopters. However, I know you know like many of your listeners might be super super busy. They're business owners, only so many, so many hours in the day. And I would say to really capitalize on these video tools and the live, doing some regular uh, shows, if you will. Um, I do want to give a quick plug for Square Video, by the way, because Facebook actually just brought out a study that um, people gaze five times longer at video than static content on Facebook and Instagram. And really, Instagram was the, was the where Square Video was kind of born, if you will. Um, but Square Video takes up more screen space. And they have a higher view completion rate. They get more engagement. And I actually kind of miss how Facebook used to do live. We used to be able to do our live square, but now it's in portrait or landscape. Well, but, hot, um, hot, can we still do square video? Or are you talking mm-hmm. about uploading square videos? You can upload. This is for uploading square video. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one thing I want to say to people is, folks, track your analytics here. Because if you do not realize that some of the things that you used to do are not working anymore, then what you're doing is you're actually wasting time that could be spent innovating in these new areas, right? Because as Mari said, many of us are busy, but I think so many marketers 
honestly are using techniques that were relevant two years ago, Mari. Maybe yeah. they learned at some sort of event or something years ago, and they, they're not realizing how much it's changed. I mean, it has literally changed completely. So, yeah. like, for example, you know, we don't post our content uh, over and over again anymore like we used to, you know, because we just know that doesn't work. Instead, we're doing a lot more live video stuff. I mean, you could even, if you had an article, you could just go live and talk about some of the key points in the article. So what you want to do is you want to think about how could you create these experiences that Mari's talking about that are of value to your clients, but also taking advantage of all this stuff that is inside, uh, you know, all these new crazy features that are coming out. Like if this Facebook stories turns out to be a big deal and it's similar to Instagram stories, then I think we need to be starting to think about ways that we can create short 15 second videos that are raw and not necessarily super polished because 150 million people, uh, one quarter of all Instagram users are consuming Instagram stories. Now that they're coming to Facebook, um, there's a big audience there. And this may be your chance to get in front of an audience and figuring out how to create these short forms of content might be valuable. Mari, are you doing any kind of story, short form video stuff anywhere, or are you mostly doing the longer live video stuff? I do both. I do both. And it's interesting. I was talking about my, my last article in Social Media Examiner about uh, detailing, very detailed walkthrough of my Mari method, as I call it, with allocating your budget in, in, in steps and getting more organic reach. And um, I am a big fan of if you are doing an article that talks about video, there is about video or that showcases video that you do a video. And I love your idea of just going live in a few minutes talking about it. But yeah, I mean, I made a video uh, pulling out some of the highlights and then now I driving people to go and read the rest of the article uh, which is wonderful. Now, interestingly enough, we were talking about longer form video and I was just in my ads manager yesterday looking to um, uh, promote uh, a video post and here pops up this advice from Facebook saying a recent studies have proved that creating short videos of 15 seconds or less can significantly drive up video completions. So and I'm, no, this is inside of my ads manager right enough. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. They're saying Obviously, if it's a direct ad, okay, a 15-second ad right. versus, you know, doing a live for five minutes or more or doing a recorded video for 90 seconds or more. And they're actually saying make your video more visually engaging by using a format unique to mobile, such as vertical, which is portrait, right, or square. So you can definitely stand out in your in your organic on-paid post by, by using a portrait or a square videos. Something else that happened ads. today for me for the first time was I was private messaging um, one of my friends, and this friend happened to have had a Facebook Messenger day Instagram story, but I was on my desktop, okay, and mm -hmm. it said, click here to watch this person's story, and it on the desktop went full screen and played the story. So it's interesting how, in this case, Facebook is actually, I think, trying to get me to understand that some of my friends are creating stories over on Messenger, knowing that I work at a desktop all day long. And um, I, I think it's really intriguing. And when I step back and I look at what Facebook is doing, I mean, they are clearly going all in on video. And I wouldn't be surprised if this time next year, we're talking about a Facebook where pretty much text is not going to be something that's going to get very much preference in the newsfeed at all. Yeah. And I yeah, find it no, hard to believe as a publisher that that day would come. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I think it's, you know, I, I, let's go to some closing thoughts. You know, what mm -hmm. do we as marketers need to be thinking about in the future? I mean, um, 
you know, cause look, the fact is that it's changing and it's changing fast and the old ways do not work anymore. Therefore, what, what do you think, you know, we give us some of your closing thoughts on what you think we ought to be really perfecting, what kind of skills, what kind of content to survive in the future on Facebook? Sure. Well, engaging, as we call it, storytelling, or what I'm hearing some marketers now calling it story creating. You're just telling a story, you're actually creating a story, and then sharing that, making that connection with your audience through the video, through the live, as we've talked about extensively. And then not being afraid to put some budget behind that, because the beautiful thing with your videos, especially if you've completed a live, you want to go back, pick a good thumbnail, add captions in. That's a whole other conversation, but there's a way to add captions. There's a caption generator, does it automatically if it's five minutes or under. Otherwise, you can use a, a, a transcription service. And so then you're going to get higher views, higher consumption if you've got captions on your video. And then when you put budget behind it, you can have a call to action. You can now have people click off and go to your website. Or one of my favorite things to do, brand new, not that many people are doing it, is have a call to action button that is to message you. It's It actually opens up Messenger. And now you're having this one-on-one -on -one dialogue with a prospect. And that's where those bots, you mentioned bots earlier, that's where to, to start off the sales process and to warm the lead up even more or that the bots would really come into their own. And so it's a matter of focusing on this engaging visual, which is video and image, but mostly video if possible, uh, short, but um, it's funny because we're saying long, what's long, what's short, but um, you know, 15 seconds in an ad, 90 seconds or more as a video, five minutes or more as a, a live video. There you go. There's your there's your benchmark. <laughs> and, then, and then allocating some budget, but with a strategic objective, not right. just to go get more reads, you have to be able to tie that all into, okay, how is this driving more leads, more traffic, more sales, more clicks, and measure it all. Um, ultimately, it's like you said, you know, Mike, we, we're, we're experimenting on a regular basis. We're moving as fast as we can. We're staying nimble, watching what Facebook is up to. And uh, man, it would be nice to just have the seat at the round table with Mark Zuckerberg and his whole crew and just have them tell us in advance, how can we prepare <laughs> and get on edge? But even though we don't have that seat at the table, if we just watch what's happened and we start mm -hmm. to look at the patterns, we can kind of see where things are going. And, yeah. and I believe that you said it well, it's really all about video. It's really all about visuals. And we as marketers, if that's not an area that those folks that are listening right now are strong at, you probably need to get someone who can help you get stronger at this or get someone on your team that's good at this because this is really where the world is heading. Um, Mari, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and riffing with me today. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a crazy, mad world <laughs> that we live in as marketers right now in this moment in time. And um, thank goodness we have people like you that are helping to make sense out of it all. So why don't you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and the great things you have going on? Oh, thank you. Yes, it's marysmith.com and facebook.com slash marysmith, Twitter marysmith as well. Instagram at mari underscore smith. And I'm happy to connect with folks. All right, folks, there you have it. Thank you so much, Mari, for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast. If there's anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it because we were talking too fast or you were on the go, don't worry. We take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 247. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're new to the podcast player. And don't forget to check... A new to the podcast, not the player, uh, hit the subscribe button. 
This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.